Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church. Welcome to the building. Welcome to those of you who are tuning in online. Oh, my goodness. I love God's family. I love corporate worship. I do. I, I love to worship. And uh, I'm so thankful for people who show up. I'm so thankful that we're not under COVID restrictions anymore. Come on, man. Did you have to bring that up? No, I am. I, I tell you what, after the, the first two weeks of that shutdown, I was like, I was done. It's like I am not created for, for uh, not gathering. We're created to gather. And uh, thank God for technology and for being able to reach people who can't attend for different reasons. But I'm so thankful for... Um, the body of Christ and being able to connect and fellowship and worship and we join our voices together and worship to God you know we are the worship team y'all know these people are the worship team but they're just helping us express what God wants to come from our hearts amen you appreciate them I do appreciate them I I appreciate the singers and the musicians but I appreciate it when you all understand that you are the worship team, that every one of us add our voice to, to that hallelujah, that praise to God, that our King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God who's worthy of that praise. And um, I'm thankful for a, a people who, who understand that, who have a revelation, that worship is not just singing, but it's, it's a way of life. And that we're not just coming to get something from God. We're, we're coming to bring something to God. We're not just singing about God, but we're singing to God. We're proclaiming His excellencies, but we're also singing our hallels. We lift our hands. We bend our knees. We bow our hearts. We, we worship the King who is worthy. Amen? And he's worthy. Uh, worthy of our praise and honor and glory. I, I want to share something before I bring the, the word that I've written out this morning. As we're worshiping, there's a line in that song that we were just singing about. I heard and he answered. I heard and he answered. And that's why I trust him. And I know that can be a word that's like, but he hasn't answered yet. How many of you have thought that beside me? But what about when God's silent? Is God ever silent? Sometimes God seems silent. It's like, but the answer hasn't come. So am I going to trust him when he doesn't answer right away? I say, I, I trust him because I know he answers, but I trust him because I know he will answer too. 
And the Bible says that in Hebrews 6.12, and that was the scripture I was looking up. I knew, I knew the verse, but I didn't know the address. How many of you are thankful that when the Bible was written, it didn't have verses? So God knows his word. And just because you can't remember the verse doesn't mean it's not his word. But thank God for Bible apps and stuff now that help you help you find it. But Hebrews 6.12 says that don't become lazy, but imitate the faith of those who have gone before you. That through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. How many of you love faith? <laughs> How many of you don't really love patience? <laughs> but God says it's through faith and patience you inherit the promises. Man, I love that faith part. But that patience part is the, the part that gets many people tripped up. Daniel cried out to God through 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it probably seemed for him, where is the answer? I cried out to God, where's the answer? But we know the revelation that there was demonic powers and forces the Prince of Persia had held back that was in warfare. So the angel of God had to do business with this demonic stronghold in order to get the answer of heaven to come. And so I just want to encourage you. You have the faith, you believe. May God grace you with faithful patience and waiting for the answer to come. Amen. I trust and I believe because he answered. I trust and believe because he will answer. And even when he's silent, it seems as though he's silent. He's at work and we trust him. And I like what Pastor Kirk Bowman brought to us a couple weeks ago when he preached here. When he said, I'd rather, I'd rather die believing than live doubting. And that's where I'm at. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep believing. I'm gonna keep believing by the grace of God because faith is a gift from God. Everyone has a measure of faith. But guess what? You can grow your faith. You can grow it. You've all been given a measure. Everyone has a measure of faith. But you can also feed your faith. You can feed a lot of stuff. You can feed your doubts. You can feed your fears. You can feed your worry. You can feed your gossip. You can feed uh, tail-bearing. You, you can feed your lust or you can feed your faith. So I say, <laughs> feed your faith. Through hearing the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to feed it every morning. I'm going to feed it every day. I'm going to speak the truth over my life and speak the truth to my soul. I'm going to, I'm going to tell my soul to line up with God's word. Amen. Come on, soul. You got a lion inside of you. Come on. Come on, my soul. You got a, you're better than this. You're not going to take me down to the doldrums. You're not going to go down there. No, we, live, we serve a living God. We serve a God of faithfulness, a God who cares, a God who came, a God who, who, who uh, is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Amen? You have to remind your soul of these things that want to take you places that you don't need to go. Amen? All right. That's sermon number one. I got about 30 of them in me today. Are you all ready? All right. You ready to get into the Word some more? Ready for that word to get into you? Bring change, transformation, fruit that glorifies God. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we're so grateful and thankful for your presence here today with us. 
God, we didn't just come into your presence, but we were carriers of your presence. That's amazing. Lord, we thank you that you are present with us even now. We pray that your word will come alive in us. We pray that our hearts and our spirits and our minds would come into alignment and we would tune ourselves in to the word of God today that it might cleanse us and wash us and convict us and renew our minds and bear fruit in us and fruit that remains that we would prove to be your disciples and glorify you, our Father in heaven. We thank you, God, for this grace to not only hear the word, not only receive it and mix it with faith, but to walk it out that you might be glorified. And we give you thanks for this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Proverbs 18, verse 10. We'll just jump right in this morning. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe or run into it. Now, when we think about that for a moment, the name of the Lord is attached to who? It's not real hard. It's attached to the Lord. So we're running into the Lord, and we're running into his name, and it becomes a strong tower. You say, why are we running? Well, because, um, <laughs> because there's a lot of voices that are calling for our attention. There's a lot of noise that's coming, a lot of fear-mongering, uh, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. That's what most of advertisements created for it's created for to create some kind of either sense of need that you didn't know you had or some kind of uh, fear that you have and we're going to meet it and these voices come and they're going to call to you come running after me come get this body wash then all the girls or all the guys are just going to flock to you <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they make that stuff for all kinds of things. They make it for hunters. Like if you'll, if you'll buy this camouflage, then it sends off an energy and the elk will walk right up to you. I mean, it's just, it's ubiquitous, the, the solutions and the stuff that's calling. And God says to you and I, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. Safe from calamity, safe from deception, being deceived. There's all kinds of things we need to be kept safe from. Psalms 124.8 says, our help is in who? Is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Where's, where's our help going to come from? Ghostbusters. Hey, you better hurry up and get help from those boys. They're getting old. They're not going to be around much longer. Now, our help is in the name of the Lord. And I love what Pastor Kirk Bowman shared, too, that there's one source but many channels. God is the source, but he has many channels. Yes or no? He does. God is our source. God is our financial source. We just heard Pastor Jonathan exhort us with that. It is God who gave us wisdom to get wealth. So who is our financial source? God is. Not ourselves. 
God. God gave us the wisdom to get wealth. It's God, and he's the source, and so he has many channels that, that he works through. He works through real estate. He works through sales. He works through invention. He works through service. But it's God who's the source. Amen? So our help comes from the Lord. The name of the Lord is our help. Psalms 20, verses 5 through 7. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. I was watching uh, some football last night after service. Forgive me for being so carnal. But um, there were all kinds of banners or signs being lifted. Florida State, 13-0. and 0. They, you know, they, they had these banners. They were lifting them up. And I'm saying, God says, I, I want you to shout for joy and I want you to lift your banner. What is your banner? He loves me. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I will lift. God, you love me. It's amazing that you love me. God, you're for me. You're not against me. We have all kinds of banners we can shout for joy over. That I'm alive, that I have the health that I have, that I have the home that I have, that I have the blessing that I have, that I get to live in the country that I get to live in. I mean, there are, all, there are banner after banner. We could be the flashcards that we're raising in worship. Come on. I'm a shout for joy. God, you're with me. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. You're with me even to the end of the age. You provided Jesus and his blood to cover me and forgive me. You've not judged me according to my iniquities or as my sins have deserved. Praise be to God. That's what we're shouting about. Come on, it is. I'm going to shout for joy and lift my banner of gratitude and thankfulness to God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now this I know, the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Come on. You can replace that with some trust in their retirement account, in their Roth IRA. <laughs> some trust in their real estate holdings. Or you can name it. Some trust in their daddy or their mommy. <laughs> Come on. But what will we do? But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Now I thank God for my daddy and my mommy. They both passed on. I thank God for, uh, for wisdom to get wealth. I get that. But my ultimate trust is in none of it. None of it. My ultimate trust is in the name of the Lord my God. He is my source. He is my all in all. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Nothing was created uh, that was not created through him and by him and for him. I belong to God. I don't belong to myself. I am not my own. I have been purchased and redeemed and bought with the price of Calvary's blood and Jesus' body on the cross. And I am no longer my own. It's not mine. It's God's. I belong to God. And once you get that revelation, then guess what? No, what, what can man do to you? That's why the apostle says, what can man do to me? That's why he carried the revelation in Romans chapter 8. What can separate me from God's love? What? Can height or depth or power or principality or things present or things to come, nothing can separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. 
Can angels? No, nothing. He carried that revelation. I belong to God. I am God's. What can man do to me? I pray that you'll get this revelation in your heart today. I pray that you'll carry it deep in your heart and your soul and you'll be the man and woman of God that God's called you to be. You will shout for joy. You will surrender your life to him daily. God, I belong to you. What are we going to do today? God, I belong to you. Where are we going to go today? God, I belong to you. How are you going to work through me today? What do you want to do through me today, God? Well, he said, I want you to take a nap and rest. Oh, Lord, I like that word. <laughs> so I'm going to nap to the glory of God. Today, I'm going to, I'm going to help you get a, a, a distraught girl out, out, of, uh, out of a ditch today. That happened to me a while back when I was headed on an errand and I was down on 152 and did the clover leaf and I looked over and there's this car going the opposite direction and this and I nobody had stopped and this person's on the phone and, I, and the Lord said you need to help her and so uh, I stopped and went down and I said are you okay yeah I'm okay and she spun around and was headed the opposite direction she was going and she couldn't get her car up. It was kind of down in the ditch kind of and a little bit of snow and rain and whatever. And I said, you're okay? She said, yes. And I said, well, do you, do you mind if I, you know, have you tried to get it? I, I can't get it out. And I'm on the phone and she's on the phone the whole time. I said, do you mind if I just try? And so uh, because of things my dad taught me, it's good to pay attention to your parents, young people. They are smarter than you think. <laughs> and uh, I could tell that she didn't have her wheel straight. I could tell that she was spinning, you know. So it was just like, okay. And all the stuff that my dad taught me, like, why are you taking the time to teach me this stuff? Because you're going to need it someday. And um, so got in and just pulled it right out. It just worked just like he said it would. <laughs> and got it and. She come up, and I said, are you okay? And fine. I looked under the car. I said, well, this, this little cover that covers stuff is down a little bit. You'll need to get some new clips and put it up, but you'll be okay. It's not rubbing anything, and, but you'll want to get that put on before it just comes off altogether. And uh, she was on the phone with her somebody. I said, now, was your car going which way? She goes, well, it's going that way. Okay, well, let me turn it around for you. And... Um, but she stayed on the phone the whole time, and I'm thinking, well, she may be thinking I got someone else in the car, and I'm going to steal it and drive off, and they're going to drive and leave her. But I, I don't think that way, but I wondered, you know, she was just standing on the phone with her parents or somebody to make sure that this guy wasn't, you know, today's world, you don't know that there are still some kind, good people that God will send and show up. But see, sharing all that to say it's not my life. I belong to God and I need to be responsive to his spirit because he may want to use me to help somebody in a very practical way in their moment of need. That's why we create a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. That's why we surrender daily. God, I'm yours. I don't belong to me. I belong to you. What do you want to do today in me and through me? Malachi 3 says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another Hey, what are you speaking to people about? 
what are you, what are you speaking to people about? But think about a lot of your conversation. What do you speak to people about? Do you speak to them about the Lord? Do you talk about the goodness of God? Or do you speak about problems and you speak about the economy and you speak about inflation and you speak about, you know, what a mess the world's in and you speak about wars and rumors of wars and you speak about, what do you speak about? Because here, I'm asking that question because the Bible says those who feared the Lord, they spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. Think about that for a minute. God's listening in on your conversations without your permission. Well, actually, he's telling you he's doing it. A lot of us don't want to believe it, but he is. He's listening. But God said, those who feared me, they, they spoke to one another. And then God says, I, I listened in on it. And then I wrote a book of remembrance was written before him. For those who fear the Lord and who what? What did they do? What did they do? Can I I share something with you today that when when we're getting ready to move into a really heated political season again? Did y'all know that? Yeah, it's coming whether you want it or not. And you're going to be tempted to bemoan and argue and tell everyone that, you know, hey, this is the most important election of our lifetime. I just want you to know that I've been hearing that since I first voted in my first presidential election in 1980. I'm beginning to wonder if I have the curse of a cat. They have so many lives. And I'm sitting here going, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do this political season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, let's take this to the name of the Lord. Let's go running into God's name with this discussion right here. Let's go give it to God. Who who do we need? We need healing. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's my healer. What do we need? Provision. He's Jehovah Yerry. I'm going to run into his name. Come on. Let's, let's. Yeah, but pastor. Pastor. God's listening. Let's run. Let's take it to his name. You want to come and gossip? Let's take it to God and see what he says about it. I fear the Lord. I respect God. I honor him. I really want to live this out. I just don't want to act like I do. I don't want to pretend that I do. I don't want to uh, live this false life that I'm really living it when I'm really not. We pretend to have a Bible study and all it turns into is just a complaint session. What, what kind of leadership is that? What kind of story is that where we're telling our kids and our grandchildren that it's going to save the world? It's not. We're going to, let's, let's do this. Let's do better at this. Could I say that? Could we do better at it? Could we do better at running into the name of the Lord? Let's run into the name of the Lord with this. Let's meditate on his name here. What has God said? He said, cease striving and know that I'm God, 46.10. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted in the nations. Let's meditate upon him and his word, his presence before us. That this book of remembrance is like, hey, I got a book here. 
Oh, the time you all prayed, the time you all worshiped instead of complained, the time that you all offered the sacrifice of praise. What a sweet, sweet incense it was to me. Thank you. Come on. And so what I want to share this morning and for the next couple weeks, I, I, I've titled this little series Advent Reflections. And today's message is run into his name. Advent is from a Latin word where we get appearing or a coming. That's what Advent is. We're, we're celebrating the coming of the Lord. The, the, we're, we're celebrating the fact that he has come and we're celebrating the fact that he'll come again as he said he would. And so let's begin with this famous prophecy this Advent prophecy found in Isaiah 6, 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So let's break it down. Unto us a child is born. What an amazing story. Think about it. Of all the ways that God could have come <coughs> to save mankind, how did he come? He came as a child. I mean, he could have come as a, a mature adult like Adam was created. He could have. But God chose not to do it that way. He chose to, he, he chose to come as a child. And, uh, but for Jesus to be fully identified with humanity and to display his life, the servant nature that is in God, made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So, God said a child is born. Innocent and purity. Identifying with man. Unto us a son is given. A son has been given. What a glorious truth. We needed a perfect, infinite being to offer a perfect, infinite atonement for our sins. We needed Emmanuel. God is with us. Isaiah 7, 14. Emmanuel is another name you can run into. God, you're with me. You're my Emmanuel. God with us. God with me. God with my family. God with me. God with us. He's Emmanuel. Sometimes when you're feeling lonely, sometimes when you're feeling unheard, sometimes when you might be feeling a little down and out, go running into Emmanuel. God, you're with me. You're Emmanuel. God with me. Jesus the Messiah is fully God and fully man. There was a time when the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, added humanity to his deity. He never became less God, but he added a human nature to his divine nature and so became one person with two distinct natures functioning together in perfect harmony. Isn't that a miraculous thing? It's a beautiful thing. That Jesus is both God and man, tells us that man really is made in the image of God, Genesis 1.26, and that perfect humanity is more compatible with deity than we can imagine. It says that our problem is not our humanity, but our fallenness. Do you all get this? <laughs> you say, but I'm only human. Yes. Yes. Thank God you're only human. Because otherwise you'd be really weird. <laughs> you would be a real weirdo if you weren't human. Some of you may be. No. No, it's not my humanity that's a problem. It's my fallenness. Jesus became fully human, fully man. Was it a problem for him? No, it was not a problem for him. 
And they say, God, I just want my humanness taken away. No, no, God made us in his image. And my humanity is a gift. It's my fallenness that I need to get corrected. It's my fallenness that needs to be overcome by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, by the blood of the Lamb, by my testimony, right? It's, it's that work that needs to be destroyed and broken, that the life of God and the victory of Christ might be lived through me. See, Jesus was fully God and fully man, and yet he's also, the Bible says, our high priest who understands our weaknesses. Why? Because he was fully human. He was fully human. He understands temptation. He understands weakness. He understands hunger and thirst. He understands disappointment because he was fully human. He understands betrayal and injustice because he was fully human, yet without sin. That's the Savior I need. That's the Savior I follow. If Jesus were not fully man, he could not stand in the place of sinful man and be a substitute for the punishment man deserves. If he were not fully God, his sacrifice would be insufficient. If Jesus is not fully God and fully man, we are lost in sin. That's why we say, unto us a son is given. How many of you are grateful the son has been given for you? Come on. I am grateful today. And I reflect upon that at your coming, Lord. Thank you. For the gift of your son, Father. And then the government will rest upon his shoulders. I love this writing by Gail Irwin. I'm going to read it to you now. What might such a government look like? First of all, it would look like it's king. (laughs) that good? Like the government of God is going to look like the king who is the king over the kingdom. Politicians of this day look for what they can get from you. Jesus looks for what he can do for you. Leaders of this day surround themselves with servants. Jesus surrounds us with his servanthood. Come on now. Leaders of this day use their power to build their empire. Jesus uses his power to wash our feet and make us clean and comfortable. Leaders of this day trade their influence for money. God so loved that he what? He gave. Generals of this day need regular wars to keep their weapons and skills up to date and ensure their own advancement. Jesus brings peace and rest to hearts. The higher the plane of importance one reaches in this world, the more inaccessible they become. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. How many of you are glad that God is accessible? 24-7, through grace, you can run right into his presence and obtain mercy and help in your time of need. But the higher importance you get, oh, we can't get to you till next year sometime. Because I'm just too important. I got too many more things on my plate than to handle you. Thank God that he's available 24-7. All time to anyone who will call upon his name. God with us. Leaders of this day are desperate to be seen and heard. Jesus sought anonymity so he could be useful. There's a word for a lot of people today trying to get famous. 
on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, I don't know, whatever, their other, other platform. See me, hear me, look at me. I'm sitting here going, I don't want to look at you. What do you have? To, what are you going to bring that's going to benefit my life? That's what I want to know. Like, I see the picture of you. You're looking cool. You're looking good. You're smoking a cigar, whatever. But what what value what are you going to what do you what are you bringing to my life for that I'm, gosh I'm, i just probably need to get off of it Why are you showing me pictures of your delicious meal and didn't invite me over for it? That's what I'm thinking. Like, what? You know, and again, I'm not here to dog anybody who's, you know, but, but at some point it's like, how's that going to benefit me? I'm really happy for you that you got to enjoy that. I had chicken noodle soup. <laughs> anyway, this is my issue, not yours. I'm just, let me get back to this. Come on. Jesus is not in charge, obviously. So he wants us to be useful. So that's like, just like maybe your use is just to cause envy in the hearts of others. I don't know, but whatever. (laughs) Jesus is not in charge of the halls of Washington, London, Moscow, Baghdad, Paris, or Bonn. So how can we ever believe the government will be upon his shoulders? Actually, his government shows it's working in wonderful ways. Where whenever I see someone who miraculously leaves a life of drugs or alcohol and is restored to his family and work, I can see that he is now governed by God. Come on, can we get an amen? Just tell me that the kingdom of God is not at work. Whenever I see loving Christians gently caring for orphans and those rejected by family, I know I'm watching people governed by God. Whenever I see people eagerly learning the Bible and joyously praising, I know who the governing who the governor is. <coughs> he goes on to write, whenever I see people give up lucrative careers simply to go and share the good news of Jesus, I know they are governed by God. When I see pastors carefully teach and lead the flock God has given them, I know they are getting signals from the great king. When I see people leave family to live and teach in distant lands because they love the people who have not heard, I know they are governed by God. So indeed the government is alive and working, often silently, mostly unseen. We can be and are by choice governed by God. Hope and joy and peace and rest cover its subjects such justice mercy and grace amazingly coexist i like this kingdom the borders are open come on in he writes come on give him praise for that that's the kingdom of god come on in come on in his name shall be called this idea isn't that these will be the literal names of the messiah you understand that these aren't the literal names but these are names that depict his nature and his character Because when you run into the name of God, you're not running into an it, you're running into a person. And so we run into his name, we run into his nature, we run into his character. And here's the the deal, you will become like what you worship. That is the biblical, scriptural uh, teaching. You become like you worship. When people worship idols, they become like them, the Bible says. They become like them. They have mouths they do not speak. They have eyes they do not see. They have ears they hear. And those who worship them become like them. If you worship worry, you become a warrior. If you worship gossip, then you become a gossip. You're with me. 
if, if you, what you worship, what you give your time and attention to, what you bow down before, what you subject your soul to and your mind to, then that's what you become. And so he says, I want you to run into my name. It's wonderful. I want you to run in and not Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank, but see, I, you pray for me because I'm so carnal. I even know that. You got to pray for me. I run into your name. Your name is wonderful. The glory of who he is and what he has done for us should fill us with wonder. As we gaze upon him, worship and adore him, our hearts and our mind will be filled with amazement. I believe we need some wonder restored to us. God, you're amazing. Look at the wonder of the star and the skies. Look at the wonder of creation. Look at all of it, how wonderful you are. His name shall be called Wonderful. I pray that your sense of wonder in God, of amazement, would increase in this hour, in this season. Secondly, he is my counselor. I run into his name. Jesus is the only one, uh, the only one authority to have supreme authority and allegiance to guide and instruct our lives. Spurgeon writes, it was by a counselor that this world was ruined did not Satan mask himself in the serpent and counsel the woman with exceedingly exceeding craftiness that she should take unto herself of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the hope that thereby she would be as God? Was it not that evil counsel which provoked our mother to rebel against her maker? And did it not as the effect of sin bring death into this world with all its train of woe? Ah, beloved, it was meet that the world should have a counselor to restore it if it had a counselor to destroy it. He is the counselor, for he is intimately acquainted with all of our ways and all of eternity. When you need counsel, it's good to get godly counsel, and I'm thankful for it. But it's, it's so important that you go before the king and say, Oh, my counselor, my counselor, what say you? What say you? Give me ears to hear. Give me a heart to perceive, a mind to understand, and the will to obey and trust you. He is mighty God. He is mighty God. We run into the mighty God, the God of all creation and glory, the Lord who reigns in heaven, the one worthy of our worship and praise. That's who we run into, almighty God. You're bigger than all the threats. You're bigger than the debt. You're bigger than the sickness. You're bigger than all the worry. God, you're bigger. You're almighty God. And I come running into your name. Come on, seriously. Can we start helping one another? When we do what the Bible says. We fear the Lord. We meditate on his name. And when someone comes to you with a diagnosis or a problem that's so overwhelming, you're overwhelmed. Why don't you go, hey, let's get on our knees right now. Let's go running in. Let's cry out to the God, almighty God. And cry out to him for his intervention and for his grace and his patience to wait for the answers of heaven. To send forth the angels that would need to do battle that's beyond our ability to battle. Come on. We are going to run into his name and sometimes you run like this. That's sometimes you run like this and sometimes you just go flat on your face, flat on the ground as you run to God. Instead of the worry, instead of the, uh, 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 of the, of the fear that wants to just grip you, you we, let's go running to God. Let's get out of here going to run into the name of Almighty God. We're going to run into the name of the Everlasting Father. 
What is this idea here in the Hebrew words? It's Jesus is the source or author of all eternity. It does not mean that Jesus himself is the person of the Father in the Trinity. He is the wisdom of the Father. When Jesus said to the disciples, they said, show, the disciples said to him, show us the Father. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am a reflection of the Father. If you saw me kneel down for the woman caught in adultery, that's exactly how the Father looks at you too. He'll kneel down for you and protect you from the stones that want to kill you for your sin. Come on, you've seen him. And so many of us need to be reparented because our parents were fallen and they, they missed some things. They didn't get it right. They, they were sometimes harsh or indifferent or distant. And we need that wound healed so that we can become healers. You know, you're trying to bring peace to places you don't have any peace. You got to get it in you first. But go to the Father. Father, Father me. Heal the wounds. Heal the wounds of my mother. Heal the wounds of my father. Heal, fill the gaps, God, that didn't get filled. Come on now. I run into your name. You're my father. Abba, Dad, I need some grace today. Here I am again. I need mercy again, God. I got nowhere else to go. You're my father. And I run into you because you're the Prince of Peace. Why? You're the ultimate peacemaker between God and man. Who's the ultimate peacemaker between God and man? God is. So you got to run to him. God, how can I bring peace if I don't have your peace? I need it. Bring your peace to my soul, my heart, my mind, God. Oh, Prince of Peace, be the Prince of Peace in me that you might be the Prince of Peace through me. He is the Prince of Peace. As a king, he preserves the peace, commands peace. May, nay, he creates peace in his kingdom. He is our peace, and it is his peace that both keeps the hearts of his people and rules in them. He is not only a peaceable prince and his reign peaceable, but he is the author and giver of all good, all that peace which is the present and future bliss of his subjects. Matthew Henry writes in his commentary. So in closing, I want you to stand with me, and I'm going to read something that John Calvin writes. Whenever, in short, it appears to us that everything is in a ruinous condition, let us recall to our remembrance that Christ is called wonderful because he has inconceivable methods of assisting us and because his power is far beyond what we're able to conceive. When we need counsel, let us remember that he is the counselor. When we need strength, let us remember that he is mighty and strong. When we when new terrors spring up suddenly every instant and when many deaths threaten us from various quarters, let us rely on that eternity of which he is with good reason called the Father. And by the same comfort, let us learn to soothe all temporal distresses when we are inwardly tossed by various tempests and when Satan attempts to disturb our consciousness. Let us remember that Christ is the Prince of Peace and that it is easy for him quickly to all, all allay our uneasy feelings, thus will these titles confirm us more and more in the faith of Christ and fortify us against Satan and, and hell itself. Who are you going to call on? I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. And maybe, maybe you need help doing that. And that's why it's important to have 
godly counsel and godly friends who when you are in a time of distress or turmoil or you're disconcerted or conflicted, why don't you call on someone who will take you to the foot of the cross, take you in with you to the throne room of heaven, and that you will do battle together to overcome what the enemy has against you that God may get the victory in you and through you. Amen. Come on, give him honor, give him glory, give him praise. Let, let's, let's pray. As we take a moment here just to settle this word in our hearts, it's possible that you're here today and you're not living a fully surrendered life. You know it. The devil knows it. People around you know it. But today you lay that to rest. Today is the day that you fully put your trust in God and God alone. You say with Jeremiah that I don't just trust in the Lord, but the Lord is my trust. The Lord is my source, and I am making him my Lord today. I receive him as God and God alone. If that's you, just lift your hand. Just lift your hand all over this room. You're saying, God, I'm going to live that fully surrendered life, not because I'm capable, but because I don't have anywhere else to go. You have the words of eternal life. I surrender my life to you, God. I put my trust in you. This Make this your prayer. I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I don't want to trust a chariot or a horse. I don't want to put my trust in the flesh. I don't want to put my trust in my own ability. God, oh God, I put my trust in you. And I come running into your name today. I need saving, so save me, Lord. I call upon you to save me. I need healing, Lord. <coughs> and so I call upon you to heal me. I need peace that surpasses understanding, God. I come into your presence, O Prince of Peace. Fill me now. Live through me. I need your strength, Almighty God, to continue, to not give up, to not quit. I need your strength to enter into rest. And so, God, I come to you. I run into your name. For you are my strong tower. You are my deliverer and your mighty God. And I'll give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Give him honor, give him glory, give him praise.